The foul life with Chad Belding has gone north of the border. We're in Canada. It's the 2023-24 migration, the kickoff to duck season, goose season. Chad's in it for the Mallards. But again, I'm very bougie when it comes to Mallards. I want Mallards. Blake Famey is in charge of Mallard Communications. But a drink Mallard, right? You can do like a... Chill out. Tommy is getting closer to discovering what he identifies as. You know what I would be? I'd be a gadwall. <laughs> for sure. The Foul Life with Chad Belding is proudly presented by Benelli, Federal Premium Black Cloud, The Provider, Bandit Brands, and Yukonuba. The Foul Life with Chad Belding and special guests Blake Famey and Tommy Miller are coming to you live and uncensored from a hotel in Alberta right now. So, the Dr. Pepper Doug was awesome like we talked about it last night in the podcast yeah Blake did it live up to the hype it was very good I'm not sure what the Dr. Pepper did to it but it definitely made it, it less good. gamey and it was tender and it was delicious the acidity of the Dr. Pepper breaks down the enzymes of the wild game and does it does break it down I mean that's the way when you marinate pork or you marinate uh, duck breast or goose or deer or a shoulder roast or whatever or when you put a shoulder roast into a crock pot and you're going to make you know like a roast and gravy or a roast and potatoes you always put broth in there you always put a bunch of liquid in there that slow cooks in there and breaks down the meat when it's beef you don't need something that's high acidity because you're not trying to really break that wild game out of it but i mean if you cook a lot of slow cook recipes like pulled pork or you know pulled pork in a crock pot's a lot different than doing pulled pork on a grill you know just dry rub but the thing about that Dr. Pepper duck is that 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 you still have the ability to season it the way you want it after mm-hmm. it's broken down, after it comes yeah. out of the... And that's what we did. We took it out, dried it out, yeah. and then we put on a combination of three provider rubs. We did the fowl, the dragon, and the covey. Your mm-hmm. idea was the covey to add in there, and it was awesome. Yeah. Did it turn out the way you thought it would? Turned out exactly like I wanted it to. You were happy? Um, yeah, very happy with it. Alan um, loved it. Yeah, Alan liked it. He did? Which is good. <laughs> it's nice to make him happy. Yeah, I thought nice. he was fired up for it. Did you see his yeah. reaction? He was yeah. pumped up. Like he was fired up. Well, I wouldn't yeah. hold the plate Dave for him. Like and it. he's like, I'm not done with it. And I was like, he wanted just, more. I'm just trying to hold the plate so he could scoop it. So he definitely <laughs> did want to give up the Dr. <laughs> Pepper duck more. platter. He wanted more. Doctor. And that, the, the thing about the Dr. Pepper duck is like, you're not seasoning it or marinating it like a certain way. Like it's like a very generic. What are you doing? Are you flossing your teeth right now? I have to. <laughs> it's a very generic, like, um... I had to. I was like, I still have a piece of Dr. Pepper duck in my molar. <laughs> oh, pepper. Yeah, but it's, like, super generic. So, like, you can season it any way that you want to. It's yeah. not like you're trying to, you know, you're not going for, like, a you know, a teriyaki duck or, like, a whatever kind of duck. Like, you can season it any way you want to. All every so it's, like, it's nice and easy. But you hear about people that say, oh, you know, soak it in milk. Right, you heard that. Never done that. But like I said, do that for twenty years ago. I I learned about I learned about the baking soda, and a lot of people listening right now are like baking soda, baking soda and water. Marinate the meat in it, let it sit, and then rinse it off, and then marinate with white wine, drink with red wine, and I promise you, it's going to be better than than most. I just don't know if I want to put baking soda in my body. You're rinsing it off. You just rinse it off, kinda, but it gets into the meat. It's in your toothpaste. Not mine. I use same all natural sh- deodorant. Same thing as fluoride. Fluoride's yeah. worse for you, really. If we're going to go down that rabbit hole. Do you, speaking of this, do you <laughs> think toothpaste works? Huh? Do you think toothpaste works for other things besides making your breath smell minty and clean? Like, do you think it works? Because Yeah, of course it does. A lot yeah. of people that I know, well, not a lot of people that I know, but uh, quite a few people I know brush their teeth, but with no toothpaste. And that's the why their that, breath stinks. The thing that toothpaste... Well, you still can use mouthwash and stuff like that. The only thing that toothpaste does for you is it has fluoride in it. And the fluoride is what makes your teeth stronger and helps your teeth. But, like, all the other stuff that's in that, it just makes your breath smell good. And some water has fluoride in it, and others don't. Like in Missouri, yeah. mm-hmm. fluoride was in the water. And, yeah. you know, it might be why maybe a lot of their teeth aren't as great. Which right, they need to have fluoride in their in their mouthwash. Are we going to go down this rabbit hole right now? No, I don't want to. I, I was don't trying. Think we should. I was just trying to bring up the fact that 
does toothpaste work? Because if you brush your teeth and floss your teeth, I bet you get the same results at the dentist. Yeah, I mean, sure. That I just guess. seems like such a gimmick. <laughs> There's so many toothpastes, and they're all flavored, and they're all this, and they're all that. And it's just like, what are we really putting into our body? Is it really, do you well, really Well, and you it? always put, it's always, it has fluoride in it, and that's probably not the best for you. I'm not going to stop using toothpaste. No. no. You got yuck mouth. <laughs> Remember that rap by Too Short? <laughs> yuck mouth. I can do the whole thing. Duff needs mouth. a little toothpaste. So all those recipes tonight, we had mallard duck poppers, <laughs> mallard teriyaki duck. We had the Dr. Pepper duck, and we had two different versions of speckle belly in, in the summer sausage and a slab jerky soft drink. That was good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. That was processed the up The salami here. was fantastic. That summer sausage was yum, yum. It's kind of like the pow pow. Pow-pow. The yum yum and the pow pow. You don't want to talk about that. You don't want to talk about that, Blake? No, just a rapper that said, hey, I'm going to save you as Blake with a pow pow. As if, like. Did E40 really say that? <laughs> I mean, I'm not afraid to say who said it. E40 said, put your number in my phone and I'm going to put it in there as Blake with the pow pow. No, so we're, he did. And we were at Oracle, <laughs> the old. The old, uh, the old arena for the Warriors. arena, right? And we're, we're down there, and there's a line of people that want to meet 40 Wada, E-40. So I was like, oh, I'm not really going to stand this line, blah, blah, blah. And then so later on, after I grab a, a jack and, and diet, I see that there's an opening. So I walk up to him. I start talking to him. He goes, oh, like, I've heard about you, you know, with the shooter, blah, blah, blah. And he hands me his he iPhone. He said shooter like that? Shooter. Yeah, like shooter McGavin. <laughs> so he, he hands me his phone, and he's like, Put, put your number he in my phone, and I'm like, I got his eye. <laughs> he said, "What?" He handed me his iPhone, and I'm like, you know, like, I got E40's phone, right? And there was a few texts on the screen that, like, you know, like, hey, what they say is that name, that name. But anyways, what they say? Well, no, nah, we're not going to go there. But, <laughs> but, but he, it was so great because he's like, "Hey, put your number in my phone." But as I'm putting my number in his phone, I'm like. Who is Blake to E40, right? So I said, hey, like, I'm going to put Blake, but you're not going to re- remember who I am. He goes, yeah, yeah, just put Blake with a pow-pow. <laughs> <laughs> the shooter. <laughs> so Blake put, with the pow-pow. <laughs> I'm like, you might think I'm a dealer, you know? <laughs> but I sure enough. Do you, call, like, do you call cocaine pow-pow? I mean, or I pow? mean you could. I mean, powder, I guess. is. Oh, powder, I pow. see now. Pow, 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 pow. But what I'm saying is. I mean, it could be a, it could be a number of things, really. But <laughs> at the end of the day, we exchanged some messages and texts and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I think I'm more than the pow, pow now. I'm, I'm Blake. He knows you as Blake. E4, has he been to the club? Not yet. I think, uh, I think it's. Who's some of the celebrities I've shot there? Let me name a few. Will Clark. Chris Mullins. George Kittle. Ricky Henderson, Jared Neiman. I know Joe Nichols was there, but he didn't shoot. Ricky Henderson, you got him. Colton McKivitz. Has he been there? No. Has yeah. Charlie Warner been there for the Charlie Niners? Charlie Warner. That's Charlie how I Warner. met George Kittle. George Kittle. Um, Hunter end. Strickland, Brandon Belt. Madison Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner. He's cool. Is he still in baseball? He, he was on the he Diamondbacks. He went to the Diamondbacks. But... Well, they're in the playoffs now. That's kind of cool. People we get to meet. Tommy, who have you met through Jack Daniels? Why'd you shake your head like that? Just to show me your mullet? Yeah. Really. Just say you met Chad Belding. Have you met yeah, have you met Eric Church? Have you met Eric Church? Um no, I've never met Eric Church. Have you met no. have you ever just ran into a country singing celebrity in Nashville? Oh yeah, all the time. How? I mean, just like you said, just run into him. You hung out with Morgan at one time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure did. Do you say hi or just let him be? You had a drink with Morgan or a uh, couple. Well, he drank my whole bottle of uh, Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof. The whole in, thing? Yeah, in one night. Him and his cousin, which, you know, that's fine. Good for him. Who else have you met? Last you, night we drank some free whiskey. I'm trying to think. What is his name? Shoot. I'll think of his name here in a second. I'll tell you. But he was like the coolest dude ever. Um you can't think of his name. We'll come back no, to it. I can't think of his name. But, I mean, a lot of times in Nashville, you're having a good time, and he's easy to forget. Well, Who have yeah, you met, Chad, I mean, along the way? Top top five. I've met a lot of people. I know I'm up there, like, second or third, but, like, what is your top five? 
I don't know, my whole life. And who would you want to meet that you never met? I got to meet Willie Nelson a few times and hang with him. That was cool. Did you go on? I've been on his bus. You went on his bus. On his bus with Mickey, getting hot boxed. I've been on his bus five, eight to ten times. That's incredible. I have a signed pre-rolled marijuana joint from Willie Nelson. Willie's Reserve, they put it in this like little round case like a cigar would go in, and he signed the case for me. Like that's like in the joint still in there. I've never smoked marijuana in my life. I don't do any drugs, but I have that. And Willie Nelson freaking signed it for me. And I'm like, I have so much signed stuff from Willie Nelson. I've been, I've been a, a lot of them people, a yeah. lot of singers, songwriters, athletes, NASCAR. They're all just people. So all just the, cool dude, people. the dude that I was talking about, Kit Moore. I love Kit, Kit Moore. Moore. I've had yeah. a shot. I've had a shot of Jack that with dude, Kit Moore. That's You're a cool dude. dude. That's yeah. a very, very cool Kip's dude. cool. Very cool, dude. He had a bottle of Jack on his bus, and I brought a group back, and we got backstage, and they had two golf carts waiting for us. And we got in these golf carts, and they're like, hey, we're going to tip on say hello to you over here. And we get back there, and he goes, come on, we're having a shot. And it was lukewarm, <laughs> like been sitting in that window all day, and puts up the shots, and... I was like, you know how it is? Like, do you like warm whiskey? No. What is warm whiskey called? Neat? It's neat. Yeah. But it's not I mean, that it's okay. warm. It's, I mean, it depends on, like, what you're drinking, too. So, like, if you're drinking just, like, regular old number seven, like, I want it on ice. But if you're drinking, like, the new special release that just came out with Jack, I want that neat. Like, it depends on, like, what the whiskey is. What's the know? new special release? Yeah, uh, it's a double-barreled rye whiskey. I want some so bad. Have you had the bonded rye? I got you some. You did? Mm-hmm. Say I promise. I promise, yeah. Where is it? It's in my house. Oh, I can't wait. To that bonded's good. I'll ship it to you. That bonded's the bond. I mean, incredible. it hits different, but it's, it's smooth. It's incredible. It's, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. A, it's, it's we should good. try to find a bottle of bonded up here before we go to our next camp. Well, we might have to like drive back to Edmonton to find that. I know. You pay three times the amount. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be cheap. Whiskey's expensive up here in Canada. Everything's expensive. Everything's up here. expensive up here. But it's worth it because Everything. we're in the, like Dave talked about tonight when we were recording that other podcast. You get to witness the migration. You don't get to witness the migration very often in the continent of the United States. You might be on a migration day and see it. You might see it in like Wisconsin or Minnesota. But I've seen it in Missouri a lot. I've been on some banger. You don't, you don't really see it in Arkansas, though. Oh, I've been on some big-time migrator days in Arkansas. Oh, yeah. You can see it if you catch it. But up here, you're going to be four, five, ten days in a row of migration yeah, when it yeah. hits in September. I think my favorite things to hunt are migrating birds. We see it in California. Once that Oregon, Washington... Like especially Washington freezes over and those birds get pushed down. We see it, but we we hunt enough days to where you're going to be in the blind and see it. But you do see it more up here than anything. This is the first farmland once they leave, you know, the breeding grounds and the tundra. And they get here and they stay here for a bit. But then it's like a lot of the birds, Dave was explaining, don't even stop here, like the cranes. He says there'll be three days in a row of nonstop cranes flying through at all hours of the day. And they don't stop. And they don't stop. Direct just, flight. Just a direct flight to the States. They go straight down to Nebraska. Straight to Nebraska. They go straight yeah. to Nebraska. Have you uh, hunted in Sand Hills? I've hunted them and I'll never do it again. I don't like it. It's boring. It's slow. It's weird. It's creepy to me. Now, look, they eat good. And I'll eat them. So you go the kill rib, some. Rib eye of the sky. And I, I need to spec way for I've heard they're more. way better than But spec. I also they're heard they're very aggressive. And that's why a lot of dogs wear goggles because they'll poke a dog's oh, eye yeah, out. yeah. If you don't kill them dead. Yeah. It's just not my thing. But again, I'm very bougie <laughs> when it comes to mallards. I want mallards. I'm not saying that I won't shoot at widgeons or sprig. But I want to call mallards and I want to call Canada's. And I love spec hunting too. Yeah. But I'm not a very good spec caller. And here's why. I don't understand the dialect. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know. Like It, it all sounds the same to me. Like I've never heard had a spec caller say, all right, here's what I'm doing. Like I can say, here's what I'm doing on a Canada goose call. Here's what I'm doing on a Canada goose call. Here's what I'm emulating. Nobody's ever explained that to me in spec hunting. Like well, when they're coming, you're going, ka and you're doing all well, the sounds. It's more like garlic. They say like garlic. 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 But, garlic. So the easiest way to 
talk to specs is to mimic them. Like if they give you a two note, give them a two note back. If they call to you, yeah. they call you and call if, right back. And Whatever you they're necessarily doing, don't want to give them the two note until they do the two note. So if you say garlic and they say garlic back, hit them with the garlic. But if there's a gap between them responding, you kind of want to just be quiet. And if you look up, a lot of times you'll see, if you look for it, they're looking with their head. You'll see them looking mm-hmm. for the spread, looking for the birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once they respond, you hit them right away. But the key to specs is when they call, when they make their note, you got to hit them right away after their note. And it gets their attention. And it's pretty cool. I think calling specs is one of the, the most rewarding birds to, to call into. Yeah, your I want to learn how to do it because I don't know what they're saying. I've never had anybody teach me. But it's not. You can overcall specs, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to overpower and go, la, 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 la. You will push them out of your field. It's a very intimate conversation. Like, a single spec is my favorite, actually, right? So I love flocks of everything. But if you get a single spec coming through the Sacramento Valley, it's like a upwards to over 80% chance they're going to come in, which is high. And, I mean, you can get them from 100 yards up. And as long as you're communicating with them, like I'm talking about, they'll come down. And I think it's so cool because a lot of birds, they don't really talk to you. They just, you hear a noise and then you talk back. But um, Or you call at them and they just kind of like do their thing and then they go away. Like... Most birds, you call at them, but they're not calling back necessarily, right? They may make a noise. Like today's, the mallard we heard today, they're making the noise, but they're not responding to your mallard call. They're making their noise when they want to make it. A speck, totally different. Mm -hmm. They are literally talking to the birds on the ground going, whatever that is, like, how's the rice down there? Like, I'm coming in, right? And I'm saying, come on. Like, you know, it's great. Whatever. See, I call Canada's completely opposite. I call them like a gang fight. And they're aggressive. I, I call them like, what are you doing here? We found this food. Get the heck out of here. And then, you know. They no, specs like you want to call them to you. Right. Like he's talking about. I'm like, like you welcome to, like, to the, you know, the rice restaurant. Go, Is it a table like for, it. you know, one? And they're like, yeah, I'm here. You know? Yeah, they go. You say your clue. table's ready? Yeah, your, table, your rice is ready. Your rice is ready. <laughs> yeah. We made good rice tonight. I can't get over mm-hmm. how good that dinner was tonight. But I do want to get better at spec hunting, though. What we talked about a little bit last night, Tommy, and you don't have to answer this at all. You have no <laughs> desire to learn how to call animals? No, I do. Don't I do. you call I turkeys? Try. I try all the time. Try every year. I just can't do it. I can't figure it out, and that's fine. What do you mean you can't figure it out? The mechanics of it or the, or the vocabulary? Can you make sounds on a duck call? Like, can you sound ducky? I can, yeah. And... Drake Levy, shout out Drake Levy. He cut a call for me a couple years ago. Might have been last year, but he cut a call for me that I could actually like figure out that and like figure out how to blow it and it was good. And then that call got lost in the wind. Don't know where it went. But for me, like with our team, like there's a like everybody <laughs> the whole fact <laughs> everybody has everybody has like, you know, their thing, you know. And, like, I've got my thing, and I'm... Yeah, but you don't want to rely on the wolf pack when you go hunt, right? You want to be able to go out there on your own. But the calls these days, like, the jargon calls, there's calls out there there that are so easy to use, you know? So I think it'd be good to spend a little time and learn to call. Are you proficient on a duck call, Blake? Absolutely. But I also grew up hunting and calling. You're a whistler. Yeah. We had a guy out today. You're a whistler, that, dude. Are you more of a whistler? Absolutely, because you call what you typically hunt, right? So, like, if you said you're not so much a spec caller, maybe you didn't shoot as many specs as you followed your, your waterfowling career, right? Like, you specs and, and, and Canadian geese, right? So Canada geese. My deal is I'm spec, widgeon, sprig. So, my birds are more of the whistling duck and the spec, right? We call mallard, but I mean the mallard call is so like you learn how to blow a mallard call because you're a duck hunter, right? But but yeah. I feel like you learn to call what you hunt. I'm not gonna learn a, a bird that I'm not hunting. So I will also say that like when we're hunting in Arkansas, it's tough to like want to be like for you like what you're saying to me is like I know you want me to be better at calling. Great, awesome, but. 
every guy that I hunt with, like they are very proficient callers. They're extremely good at what they do. And I don't have to like be good at it because they're so good at it already. I get what you're saying. And I'm not trying to sound like you have to be a great caller to enjoy duck hunting. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is that I don't understand the mentality of not wanting based on, oh, well, that guy's already good enough. I'll just go with these guys. Like, to me, that just takes you out of the hunt to where you're just a shooter. Now, I know that you probably, you know, you already said you're not the hole runner, but maybe you're the decoy guy. Maybe you're the dog guy. I don't know. But the the intimacy and what he said, the intimate, you know, when you're talking about calling specs, like, that's a big deal to me. So, I've always looked at it like, if I'm going to kill an animal, I want to call an animal type. When I was predator hunting a lot, I got away from rifles. I wanted to be at eight feet with a shotgun. Yeah. Triples, doubles, right? I want to get them tight. Let them hunt you up. So I'm just, you know, whether you want to or not, you can learn to call. There's maybe, nobody that's ever maybe. born into this world with the God-given ability to call. You could have God-given athletic talent, strength, speed. You know, there's a lot, you know, your height, your muscles, the way you're built, your genetics. But you got to work to become a great dribbler or a great shooter or a great shotgunner or a great baseball hitter. It doesn't, you're not born with that. You know what I'm saying? There are things that I think you are born with, like the entrepreneurial spirit. I think that that's something that you're born with. I don't think that you can learn the spirit of an entrepreneur. Yeah. But as a caller in duck hunting or goose hunting or turkey hunting or elk hunting or coyote hunting, I, think, I guess there's a little bit of calling in deer hunting with the rattle horns. A bleep, but bah, not really. Bah, all that stuff. Well, normally that's to get them to stop. It's like a bah, you know, but they, rattle, rattling will bring them in. You oh know? yeah, the yeah the antlers. But I just think that there's something so neat about that intimacy. Well, in my, my argument is this: is I get in a situation where I'm in a blind where no one else knows how to call, or I bring people, or in that situation. So, or I'll hunt by myself. I, you know, not that I do that much, but. At the end of the day, I think it's important to know how to call. Now, if I'm hunting with a guide, of course, of I'm course not. I'm not. I might be a better caller than the guide, but I'm not going to call out of respect for that guide, right? Or you, you're at someone else's property, right? And unless they, and maybe you ask or have that conversation, but there's a respect thing with going on someone's property or, or hunting with other people where you don't want to pull your calls out, right? Right. But. At the end of the day, when you're by yourself or hosting a, a friend or family, you got to know how to call, you know? So you don't always need it, but it's a good tool to have in, in your pocket. I just think there's another reason why you haven't learned how to call. <laughs> and what's that? I don't know. I'm just saying that it's not just because you hang out with good callers. There's got to be another reason because just, be, the drive to be an awesome waterfowl hunter. And I feel like I'm really getting called out right now. No, no I'm not so calling you. Oh, you just said that. That was a kind of a play on words. I'm getting called out right now. Called sure. out. What about the 100%. call I'm doing with my fingers? 100%. It's blown away a lot of people up here in Canada so far. The widgeon whistle, the sprig. It's been pretty cool to watch people react to that sound, hasn't it? Yeah, but the birds haven't reacted. No, we don't that have. That doesn't a, matter. What but we, don't have, we don't have the widgeon <laughs> up here. Still podcast. We don't have the. No, I'm not done with Tommy yet. Tommy. Just said that he's getting called out. I'm saying... Yeah, I feel like I am. Why like, don't you... Why, no, you have the ability and the talent to call ducks. There's got to be a reason why you haven't said... Here's here's how I'm going to end this. Here's how I'm going to end this. As much as you love duck hunting, there's no way that you would stop at like, I'm not going to learn how to call. There's just... I don't think that that's possible for a duck hunter. But I don't have to. I don't have every to. Duck, every duck hunter goes through that stage. I don't have to. You don't have to. Okay, and, fine. And, like, I want to, of course. Oh, there of it is. Course right I there. Do. You just said it. Of course. I want to. Okay, so tomorrow, I can I give you some call? I want to be able to do it by myself. Can I give yes. you a calling lesson tomorrow? I can, yeah, sure. Tell me a call. Okay, I'm going to show you the first lesson right now. Tell me a call. That'd be Ready? great. I'll tell like, you a call. I've well, your buddy done. makes calls, but watch. Here you go. <laughs> this tissue right here. So a, we're not going to post this, right? No, this is a very light tissue. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. That's the lightest tissue you can get. It's lighter than a lighter than a piece of paper. It's lighter than a, pe a paper towel. Okay, when you blow, this is, people say, do you blow a duck call? You don't blow a duck call. You blow a birthday candle out. Yeah. So when I blow a birthday candle out, I'm 48. I'm turning 49 in two weeks. No, one week. What? No. Did you say I'm old? Yeah, no. So I look. I say that. I'm going to blow this like a birthday candle. It blows off. 
Now, if you operate your air from your stomach to your lungs to your larynx, which the larynx is the muscle in your throat mm -hmm. that you clean your sunglasses with. If you put your hand in front of my mouth right now, right. you'll feel your skin getting hit with air. That That's a great right. example. But it ain't flying off. Right. But people go and they grab yeah, a duck call and they blow into it. Right. And they get that well, loose air. You can see it in their cheeks. When their cheeks are moving, yeah. they're doing it wrong. But you know how I learned? Act like you're taking a number two. <laughs> like, get it out. Okay, that's one. But what I'm I mean, saying is, it's a good example. That's how you'll get people if you get to learn. If, if you get punched in the stomach and you're trying to tell me a secret. Sure. So I knock all your air out. How would that sound? Talk to me that way. Right. No, talk to me that way. What? If I knocked all the air out of you, and you're trying to tell me a secret that you need, you need help, you would go like this. Yeah, that's it. John, John, I can't breathe. Or a coyote. Tom, Tommy, I need. Or a goose. Tommy. That was good. It all comes from that demonstration of that Kleenex. The Look at this. The Kleenex is moving. Well, even with this widget whistle, it's all diaphragm. It's down It's all here. diaphragm. But people people that are musically inclined, you would think, could pick up a duck call and just rip it. They can't. No. Because when you sing, you sing from your guts. You sing from your stomach. Yeah. Right? You hold your air down there like Axl Rose. I, 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 I don't want to sing tonight because I don't want a record deal. But it's like you have to be able to... <laughs> So Chill, that dude. would be my first Chill, thing dude. to tell you. I mean, that, I understand that. Well, then that's all. That. Then, I, then when you grab a duck call, we're gonna get to this widgeon whistle in a second. But I want to grab this bag from behind you, if you don't mind me I reaching mind. over you. I mind. I found it. Okay. So when you when you have a duck call, and all you do is practice that is little this thing. This one mine. If you practice that little thing that I just did, and I'm not going to do it loud because we are in a hotel up here. We hit that door closed, Tommy. Sure. Tommy's about to close the door. Sure, usa la porta, por favor, amigo, amigo. That's Italian for close the door, please, my friend. <laughs> Whoa. See, you puffed your cheeks on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, that deal when I was doing that Kleenex... <laughs> That's the basic, the basis, the foundation of a quack. <coughs> what people feed chatter, all that is is short quacks. A quack is this. And all you do is cut it off. And you're popping it, so it's that Kleenex floating. And those quacks are just obviously put into those lines of greeters and stuff like that as far as your cadence. But mm -hmm. all it is is that same thing with that Kleenex. And it's those short little quacks that are the for that form your quack, your chatter, yeah. your cuts, all of that. So you just did it. You just did it perfect with your, your voice and your guts of that's how a duck talks. Yeah. They're losing their air because their diaphragm is tiny and they're trying to get as much out as they can. I have asthma. I'm a mild asthmatic. But duck and goose calling has made my airflow capacity, lung capacity, so much stronger. Again, this is the thing is that I'm not saying that you're closed off to learning, mm -hmm. but in a way you are. You say you want to, but then when I teach you, you're not like opening the door of being like, fill me with knowledge. Well, it might be far fetched. Like, fill me with I knowledge. Think it's a little much. Yeah, I think it's, it's learning is like, I don't know how to play the guitar, and people are like, oh, I'll just do it. And whenever yeah, like, you're it up, saying, I'm like, like really it's easy, dude. Like, like, I literally try. I try very hard. Like, it's not an easy thing to do. No, and it's you not. make it sound like it's an easy thing to do. Same with the turkey call. Like, the diaphragm call for turkeys, everybody's like, oh, just do it. But, like, it's not, like, for me, 
I can't just do it. Like it's not. Does, easy. It, does it tickle the roof of your mouth? Oh yeah, I, I gag. It just doesn't come natural. So it's a gag like, reflex issue. That, I've heard that for the people, and I can't. I just can't do it. I've heard the guys that's fine, and that's fine with me. Like I make it work, and I go out, and I can still kill turkeys and ish. Chill, dude. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> Chill the fuck Tommy's out. a loud walker. I'm a loud walker. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Put your boots on. <laughs> they're always on. Yeah, they are. And they're loud as shit. Easy. No, they're not. The new banded boots are very environmentally correct. And yeah. It's organically oh, yeah. I've been having them all week, and they're, they're very still comfortable. Out, dude, warm. It, I mean, but like you're saying, like I, it's not like I don't try to do this thing. Like, I but would, you don't want to. Okay, I, I get no, you don't want to. I would to. love to do it, but I'm, I, I'm not good at it. Just come out with me. You can be fine. Oh, wait, let's hear this now. So put down your microphone, Blake. No, I want you to do the little... Yeah, that's what I'm doing. So do the whiz, the, the widget. No, do a teal first. Oh, a teal. Okay. That's ridiculous. Okay, that's, now do a widget. That's two pinkies, in, right? That's, that's two pinkies in his mouth. People can't see what we're doing. Now do a two pinky widget. Now... That just, if it's one. Who, who taught you that? So this goes back to Terrell Farms, Sacramento Valley, the neighbor across the street, the Olmstead family. They learned how to do it. And when you talk about, like, it's a whistling duck, you think, like, why not just whistle at them, right? But nobody's, I don't know of anybody in the world that knows how to do this, but, but our little trailer park up there in Calusa, California. But what we would do is, if it's one if I'm doing a two-note widgeon, right, that's cool. But if I got a flock of widgeon, I got to make it sound like I got a lot of widgeon down here too, right? So what do you do? So you roll it, right? So instead of going, which is your standard, right, you go. And next thing you know, that whole flock just comes down, right? Yeah. So that's the cool part. So, but who taught me is the, is the Olmstead family. Now they were just widging, but the dad he could you do the pintail. he could do the sprig, and I was like, "How yeah, in the heck a, are you making that sound right?" Give me a pintail. Now, when you first learn how to do the widging, you're gonna get lightheaded because you're gonna be, like, <laughs> <laughs> gonna be spitting everywhere, right? Then you're gonna get like a, <laughs> and then you're about, oh shit, and then it's gonna go to, <laughs> and actually some widgeon fall for it. But once you learn the diaphragm and how to do it, you can get the the two note. Right? And that's how you are, like, literally going to be able to call Widge in, in the valley. But the Scott Olmstead, he would get the spray. And I'm like, how are you getting that noise, right? So I practiced for years and years and years. And finally, it kind of sounds like this. That was just on the spring. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And you can do it loud. Like, Are you twirling your tongue on that? It's like more of a gargle, right? And that's why, like, having something to drink, like water or soda or something, like... Yeah, because you, your lips are all full of spit right now. You want to... Yeah. They're all shiny. So, <laughs> but you could do, like, a... But, like, a Drake Mallard. Hey, you chill out. out. You just call but, it like, hey, But a Drake out. Mallard, right? You could do, like, a... Chill out. You could do, like, a wood duck. You could do, like, a quail. And if you want to get a new girlfriend, which I'm not saying this is how I got mine, but any beautiful woman out there, you could call him right in. But I do love my girlfriend, Leah. <laughs> Leah, I'm so sorry. You do love her? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute. Does she ever get mad at you? I mean, I think every relationship has a little bit of arguments. but Be 100% honest. Have you thought about putting a ring on it? Absolutely. Have you looked for rings yet? That was a good answer, by the way. Have you looked for rings? That's a good answer. You know, more than any relationship, yeah. You know, one of my buddies that I know proposed to his girlfriend on a duck hunt in Nevada, and he went and had a bird band made up that said, will you marry me? And it had the date on it of that hunt. Oh, and so they kill a duck, oh, and he goes out this dog, and he freaking slams it onto the, bird, the, foot, the leg real quick, and then brings it back, and he's like... Look at this. And the girl's like, no freaking way. And he's like, and she's looking at the band and says, 
Well, that's kind of a cool. That's kind of a cool idea. Yeah. To get the bird band no, made really like cool. that. How would you ask Leah to marry you? Well, I don't want to give that away. <laughs> I freaking. He's laughing Tommy not Miller. because of the question. Tommy Miller is one of my favorite dudes Tommy's, in the world. Tommy's He's just like tip it over. Jack Daniels. What are you laughing at, dude? Well, he made it sound like the laugh was about the. No, the no, coming. I'm not having that. But He's laughing thought, because he just killed a bottle. Have of, you thought about how you're going to ask her? Oh, absolutely! I'm not going to give that away here on the, the podcast today. What, give me, give me a couple hints of like how, like when do you think you'll? You ask know, Leah? it's going to be something like high elevation, high altitude helicopter, top of a mountain. So you guys uh, might go mountain climbing, scuba diving. It's going to be you summer. said high elevation, and then you said scuba diving. I mean, high or low? High or low? We're, <laughs> we're going somewhere. We're going below sea level and fourteen thousand feet above. There's not ground zero. Are you going to marry? Like, if you had a guess right now in your crystal ball, would you say you and Leah will be Mr. and Mrs. Fami soon? Absolutely. For real? Yeah. Oh. Whoa. Absolutely. She's cool. Right? She does. She enjoys things that I like, right? Name one. Wake surfing, hunting. Like, Not that she, she necessarily hunt. likes it, but she's down to try things. You know? And when I think a relationship is, is good to have someone that you have a common denominator. You get along, you, you, you know, you try... Um, each other's passion, right? So she, her, her passion is sound healing and yoga and all that. And so here I am doing yoga and breath work and all that. You, so you do breath you do work. Yoga? Let me hear your breath work. <laughs> You've already heard enough of that. And <laughs> <laughs> my snoring. <laughs> We're gonna take a short break right here at the Foul Eye Podcast. I got my boy Tommy Miller with Jack Daniels, Blake Famey of the Martinez Gun Club. Actually, just poured a Jack Daniels Old Number Seven. We're celebrating tonight. We're in Alberta, Canada, coming at you. From the 2023-24 migration. We've been up here a week already. Duff. And we've had some amazing hunts, amazing experiences, amazing meals. I'm looking at my dog Duff, a yellow lab, five years old. He's been kicking butt on geese. Every variety of goose. I'm talking specks, goose. snows, little Canada's, big Canada's, mallard ducks, sprigs. It's been an awesome time watching Duff work. He worked with Teal today here in Alberta. He worked with Jared's dog. What was Jared's dog's name, that little little firecracker? Anna. Annie. 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 Little Annie. But we're going to take a short break, listen to a few words of our sponsors, pay the bills, and be right back with more Blake Famey of the Martinez Gun Club, more Tommy Miller of the world-famous Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee, Jack Daniels. We're going to talk more about calling, vocalizations, and we're going to get into a little bit about the anticipation of the hunt and where we're headed from here. Thank you for that burp, Tommy. That was very professional. We'll be right back with more of the Foul Life Podcast. The Foul Life Factoid. Just like a good bowel movement, learning to call waterfowl is a necessity. Whether you want to or not, you can learn to call. But you know how I learned? Act like you're taking a number two. I'm going to show you the first lesson right now. Like, get it out. Who does number two work for? The Foul Life is brought to you in part by Cowboy Choice Feeds, Traeger Grills, Jargon Game Calls, and Vortex Optics. Chad Belding and the gang will return in a moment. Hang tight. Man, the new Black Label Elite boots by Banded. I'm telling you, these camp shoes, these knee boots, uninsulated, insulated. I wore them on my first two trips of the 2023-24 season after wearing prototypes all last year. And they are the best boot made, most comfortable, most foot protectant, most easy to walk in, warmest, most breathable, baddest ass hunting boots, camp shoes on the market. I guarantee it. Challenge me on that. Get yourself a pair right now at Banded.com or any Banded author dealer across the country and you will feel like you're walking on the moon i was in cornfields wheat fields alfalfa fields pea fields i've worn these boots everywhere and it is amazing how comfortable they are how dry they keep your feet how protected they keep your feet and when you take them off and you put them out to dry it's unbelievable how fast they dry how fast they air out and ready for your next hunting excursion i'm telling you these boots are different they fit different they feel different they perform different it's another 
further innovation by the family at Banded. It is absolutely a pleasure to have them as the official footwear of the Foul Life podcast. Their waders are amazing. Their accessories are amazing. Everything Banded, Avery, Greenhead Gear, Avery Sporting Dog stands for is exactly what the tradition and culture of the American Hunter has been built on. It's a band of brothers. We are so proud of it. And these new black label elite knee boots and the camp shoes will absolutely blow your mind and make this a better season than it would have been without them. I promise you that. Get them right now at Banded.com or an authorized Banded dealer. Thank you all so much for the support of Banded brands throughout the years. And trust me, we are just getting started. Looking for a high-quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and perform its best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level. One of my favorite parts of the hunt is the scouting. Is there anything better? The anticipation, riding back roads, dirt roads, seeing that dust in your rear view, seeing mallards pitching off to your right, Canada geese going down, snow, specks, divers, it doesn't matter what your pursuit is, but having the right optics, the right piece of equipment when you're scouting is everything from optics to rangefinders to tripods to spotting scopes, vortex optics does it all. Wisconsin America based company living the American dream. What a brand that has been built out of the Kershaw headquarters again in the great state of Wisconsin. We got plenty more coming from that awesome state. Can't wait to share it with you all. But when you're in the need for a rangefinder or binos of any size or spotting scopes and their tripods, there is nothing like the family of brands at Vortex. Their leisure wear, their lifestyle wear, their apparel, their socks, their shirts, their rain jackets, their rainwear. Absolutely amazing design and innovation that's going into it. I do not go on the road in my trucks or in a plane without a pair of Vortex binoculars. You can check us on that. When you see us, come say hello and we are going to have our Vortex on us. It is no secret that finding the roost, finding the loaves, finding the feeds is the number one success piece of puzzle that goes in to consistent waterfowl hunting. You have to be where the birds are. You can run traffic, don't get me wrong, but you still have to have a good set of binos to be able to find the birds and assess the situation and figure out their flight patterns, their feeding times, everything that goes into it, how far you're going to be off of a line, a fence line, a tree line, where you're going to put your blinds, where the vantage point is, exactly where those flocks are hitting in those fields when you're scouting. Enjoy the scout, live through the hunt passionately, and do not cut corners. Vortex Optics, the official binocular and spotting scope of the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV. The Foul Life with Chad Belding is back from the break, and the Waterfowl Brotherhood is stronger than ever. What is your favorite part about being a waterfowl hunter? That's where I met my girlfriend. Yeah, do we want to have a successful hunt and get limits? Of course, but everything else was great, right? We had great friends and camaraderie. Like, just being with the guys. Just to remind the listeners, who are your broadcast comrades? Blake Famey, Martinez Gun Club, East Bay, California, Tommy Miller, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, Jack Daniels. The Foul Life would like to thank Resist All Hats. Gator Coolers, Rigid Lights, and Greenhead Gear Decoys for their dedication to the show. Now, let's get back to the boys. So, those calls are legit, though. They are real, those whistles he's doing. Mm-hmm. So, when you hear that, do you not want to be like, I want to learn how to do that? I mean, you make it sound like, like I don't want to like call at all. You make it sound like I just don't care to call or try to call at all. I love how when you say call at all. You're rhyming now. You're rhyming like a rapper. (laughs) (laughs) Do a rap, Tommy. Do a freestyle real quick. I can't freestyle. You could freestyle. I can't freestyle. You could. No. He can freestyle. (laughs) He thinks he can, but I heard him the other night, Grant, and it's kind of... Kind of bad. Yeah. Kind of just bouncy, like... Sweet. Predictable. Sweet. Yeah. Freestyle should never man. be predictable. Let's see. Let's this hear your freestyle. My, my freestyles are always legit. Well, let's, can you give me a little sample? It's yeah. not my thing. What is it? <laughs> what? Rapping? Rapping or calling? Yeah. Rapping and calling have a lot in common. They really do. 
That's why you're such a good rapper. I'm not a very good rapper. And I'm not a very good caller. That's the problem with me is that... uh, You're pretty good, Chad. You're pretty good. Calling? I mean, in the spec department, yeah, obviously (laughs) there needs to be some work there, but... You don't hunt that enough, right? Well, respect, <laughs> but your mouth. I can hammer a spec call. Yeah, I can but, but I'm do saying it. Like, I just don't call but, but your mallard call is incredible. Like well, you, you. you sound great on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way those mallards turn is, was pretty cool. Alan told me the same thing. Yeah, and I mean that guy's been to what Stuttgart? How many times? Twenty three. Twenty three times. You know, so that's a compliment. Big time compliment from him. And with the Canada geese, that a boy. Correction, you got you you uh, you chatter. Well, you change it up, right? So if they're not responding to this, no, you go higher. Okay, no, I'm gonna go lower, and you kind of you shuffle it, right? Mm-hmm. And then finally you do that note, and then all of a sudden, boop, that they hook, right? And they set their wings, and it's like you got to do that, right? You don't want to keep blasting the same note. Yeah, you got to change sound, it up the because the sound doesn't work. These geese are different. They want to hear, you know, what they want to hear. What is your favorite part, Tommy Miller, about being a waterfowl hunter? Absolute one hundred percent favorite part. Hanging hey, out with Blake Family and Chad Belding. Say, hanging out with the boys. Is it one hundred percent? So it's the out camp. The it's the camp. The boat yeah. ride in. The the laughs. It's not even the boat ride. It's not that. Well, you're with the boys. I'm just talking about all of it from, like, just being with the guys. Being with the boys. Are girls allowed in the wolf pack? If a guy said, I'm bringing my girlfriend this weekend, is it cool? Of course. That's where I met my girlfriend. Really? No, that was at Gumbo. Yeah. I'm talking about at the trailer. Do girls Uh, get to come there? I tried to take her back there, but she would She (laughs) want to go. She didn't want to go. No, but I see going to Gumbo and meeting a girl, but do girls come to the trailer? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Really? 100%. Do they like the trailer? <laughs> no, they hate it. I Are there it's, mice it's, in the trailer? Oh, Bro, yeah. he took Lots me into the, he took me to the trailer last year and showed me where they sleep. And I pictured, I, it's got to be 10 beds deep in there or 8? Uh, it's 12. 12 beds yeah. deep in one room. That's wow. gross. And they got all their gear by their dirty feet and socks. And then I pictured 12 Tommies. And this dude snores like a chainsaw. I had to toss him off a bed in Nebraska one night. Actually, you know what? I pictured Blake, them. have I, have I snored one time this whole week? You guys are both passing out. You're not even here. You said that he doesn't snore. Yeah. He snores Blake, like a chainsaw. have I snored one I've time this week? I've never heard myself snore. <laughs> have you heard me so snore? I really don't know what have you heard Have you snore? heard me snore? I have not. No, I, and I woke I think up. you're a liar, Chad. I, oh, really? Me and Glenn were lying <laughs> that think night? So. I, no, think so. I think you know, it depends on the I season, the so. allergies and all that. I and, think so, yeah. You know, where you're at and the altitude and all that. But, <laughs> the al- but what the I'm saying is, definitely I woke up and water. Tommy Miller did not snore. It was two in the morning, got up to, you know, take a leak. Do you want me to do that for you? <laughs> Let me help you. Jack Daniels is childproof. <laughs> Can't help with the bottle. <laughs> No, Thank but, God. You know, I'm sure we all snore, <laughs> but it's just, it's a time and a place to do it. And that's, a, that's how it is. So when you have a hunt like you did today, because it's hunting, right? Mm-hmm. Some You get them and sometimes you don't. Today was a terrible sky for ducks. It's just yeah. a bad lighting deal. Yeah. Does your demeanor get affected by that when you have a bad hunt? No. Do no. You, do, no you, do you feel like... Do me a favor and hand me my new Jack Daniels hat right there above your head, Tommy. God, I love that thing. That's the Sinatra hat. Yeah. Look at that thing. Jack Daniels Sinatra select. No, it does not. So you don't get moody? No. With the with, when the hunt goes bad? No. Because I thought we recovered well. We killed a few ducks, came back, cleaned them, and then went straight into mallard recipes. Mm-hmm. Do you get down, Blake, when the hunt doesn't go your way? I mean, you get frustrated a little bit. I mean, especially coming off of a hunt the day before where every bird finished, right? I mean, they are literally feet out landing in your decoys. And today they kind of hit that wall at the edge, right? Like they, we have thousands of mallard on us, right? Today. And they, they come in, but the sky is dark. They're, they're seeing us. So no sun really affected us. Like, like you say, no sun, no mallard. So, I mean, it's hunting, but you just learn more about about mallards and, and how to hunt them. It's like not every day is going to be a banger. So you you learn to appreciate the good days when you get days like this. No. When you're coming out of a hunt like that, do you do you have to pick yourself up? Because me, I'm like, I figure out ways to stay excited with what's next. 
you know, we could have very easily stayed down and be like, we're not going to go cook recipes. We're not going to go to get work done. We're not going to go podcast. We're not going to do that. But I've met a lot of hunters that it ruins them when the hunt doesn't go their way. You have to be that guy that, or that girl that just says, tomorrow's a new day. It's like being a baseball player. You might go 0 for 4 on Monday, and then all of a sudden you go 3 for 4 on Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, we got good hunts ahead of us. We know that. And, I mean, just kind of look around. That sunset was beautiful. The sky. I mean, there's so much more to this. Right? Duff was happy. Everybody, we're, we're over there talking, mm-hmm. you know, in our layouts, having a good time and laughing still. So, yeah, do we want to have a successful hunt, get limits? Of course. But everything else was, was great, right? We had great friends and camaraderie and we're in canada right this is like yeah. vacation this is a, a dream for it is for vacation. Water up here it's the coolest place ever you think canada is the coolest place ever i mean it's definitely top two for sure what's the coolest you know it's the coolest arkansas yeah are you excited to get down there for this season oh yeah i'm sad that you're not gonna be with me but i understand you gotta go see grandma <clears throat> but it would have been fun times. Maybe, maybe. Tommy, you asked if I could be a duck. What would I be? What? I asked you that. Yeah. What would mm. you be? <laughs> what would you be? If you were a duck, what duck would you be? Well, I'd probably be a duck that was at least like favorable to get. <laughs> I You know what I would be? I'd be a gadwall, <laughs> for sure. A hundred percent a gadwall. What'd you be? I might want to be a coot because no one's going to hunt me. <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean, obviously, fish, I want to be. A, I want to be a. You guys. I want to be a three curl Drake Mallard. Oh, three curl. Yeah, that sounds nice. That's three curl nice. double banded. What about a fully barred spec? You should be a pintail doing that sound. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd be part pintail. That's uh, true. That might have been my past life. Are you tired? Uh huh. Are you tired? No, not at all. Do you want to go to bed? We could end no, this. Not at all. Are we still talking? <laughs> <laughs> He's on Tennessee time. <laughs> we're still talking. Let's wait. Do you want to hunt tomorrow? Like literally, we're leaving Alberta to tomorrow to hunt in Saskatchewan tomorrow afternoon. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's all awesome. you gotta say. It sounds awesome. It sounds awesome. I mean, for mean? the people listening what you, right what now, how many times have you been to Canada? Tommy is the worst I mean, podcaster in the history of podcasting. But what we're talking cool. about. Yeah, is that's cool. These people that it's just great. heard you say you cool, mean? there's so many people listening that would love to be here in Canada. They'd be yeah, jacked up. At, at least and the people that you're like, you making me sound like bad, and I'm not. <laughs> Your vocabulary is. Right now it is, yeah. <laughs> we did make him pick up a lot of decoys. He's tired. Are you exhausted? And is, But you did cook tonight. No. I did cook, obviously. All right, let's get back to duck hunting to end this episode of the Foul Life Podcast. When, you, when you're sitting there, I was, I was bringing up snow geese. So I want to know, like, why do people not really care about Snow geese, because they can be powerful. They can be pretty. They work good when it's on. Like, But a lot of people are like, eh, take it or leave it. We don't really care to shoot them. I'm not sure I've necessarily had a bad snow goose, right? Because a lot of times you get mixed up, you wouldn't even know which is which. And it depends what they're eating. But I think the limit's so high, it's kind of like they're infested. So you might think of it as like a rat. Like you can kill 25, 30 of them. And it's something. 50 here a day with no possession limit. But then they get that over, they get that growth on their beaks. You've seen that, right? Yeah. It looks kind of nasty. They got different colors. So I think a combination of this high limit, you know, awkward, you know, gunk they got growing on their beak. And that might be part of it. I mean, you don't see that on a mallard, right? Mallard is a mallard. They're beautiful. They're clean cut. They taste good. Um, so, I mean, that's probably part of it. It's just, you know, like people have called them flying rats. They've where, got snow geese so, Yeah, and then you get uh, specs that are like flying filet mignon. Flying filet mignon. They are, too. Skin on, reverse seared, crispy skin spec. Wow. And what do you cook them on typically? What grill? Traya. Traeger. Do you, what, do you cook on a Traeger, Tommy? What pellets do you use? Because yeah. I've tried different pellets, and I just want to know, you're the master of the Traeger. I'm not really a master at all, but I like hickory and cherry. Yeah, the hickory's really I good. love hickory. Blake, um, what is it about... I was cooking in the 
Goofy thing, but I just gotta say. Here we go from the top. And it's, it's a, a great, great day to be alive. The Oh, why can't every baby just <laughs> no, That song sums up a lot. It's a great day to be it's alive. It's a great song, yeah. Who sang it? Travis Tripp, baby. One of the greatest. I met the guy that wrote it. Darryl I love when he sang. Here's a quarter. Call someone who Look cares. Look it up who wrote that song. Daryl Scott, I'm going to say. I just threw that. Yep, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking it up, man. Yep. Got it. Roger yeah. that. Roger that. <laughs> Ted Fort. Yeah, that's the one. Copy. Daryl, a great, great day to be alive. Song by Travis Triot. Full lyrics. Songwriter. Look. Songwriter down at the bottom. Daryl Scott. Wow. Wow. You were, how do you know this? I feel like Chad is so good at lyrics and like even like movie quotes and Daryl Scott. I party with Daryl Scott. He's a good dude. He's a hippie. Have you been pretty content or excited about Duff's work up here? Yeah, I mean, it's just great to see a dog that can listen off command and whistle and hand signals and doesn't break when the when the birds fall. You can really appreciate that. So. You know, Duff has really showed a lot of what a good dog looks like. I mean, Duff's like the, the house dog, right? Like, he can lay out, cuddle. He's, but then he gets in the field, and it's like he just he just changes, right? He flips the switch, and he goes from the home dog to the duck dog. And it's really cool to watch him perform. He's a great dog. And I want to have my new pup uh, trained. Who do you have Duff trained by? Uh, Andrew Skaluzorak. Wild Acre Kennels, him and his wife, Ray Lynn, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota, okay. Yep. He's a stud hunter. They he did get, a great job with Duff. It. He marks birds as well as any dog I've ever seen. I love a dog that watches birds, and Duff's yeah, one of those. He like, watches. Sometimes you could just watch Duff, and you can see where the birds are coming from. A lab is so... Loyal. And cool. Like, they are just got a vibe about him. Like, when he lays there in the field, I, I watch him a lot. He's always laying by me or sitting with me or blinded by me. And I watch him a lot, just watch his mannerisms and his instincts. And you're like, Mark, or ready, watch, watch. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, you know what I'm saying? His ears go back and he just gets it. So watching Duff today is incredible because... You learn to appreciate what a trained dog does and how much easier the hunt is and the turnover rate. Like when Duff goes out and gets that birds and brings it back like that quick, you're ready for the next flock. Or if you're messing with a dog that's going everywhere, you're wasting a lot of precious time flying the next group of birds. So like the turnaround time is so much faster with a good dog where like, bam, they get the birds, they bring them back and you're ready for the next flock. Always. And I think that that's, you know, they're, they're considered a conservation tool of, you know, you get a cripple, you get a bird that, you know, flutters down or gets longed and falls two, 300 yards away. These dogs are trained to, to, you know, listen to the whistle, take your cast, your hand, com- your signals and your hand commands and all that. And they bring back so many more birds. If you were just hunting without a dog, I don't know how people hunt without a dog. No, especially in Sacramento Valley, our fields get dissed and, and are so jacked up. Like you just go out to put your your mojo out in the in the pond and you're exhausted i mean our our ponds are hard to walk in and having a dog i mean first of all you'd spend more time retrieving a duck than shooting a duck but i mean it's it's dangerous out there it's so uh sticky sticky and and it takes a long time and you we we don't i don't take him for granted to know how i like right now he's sleeping dove's got his eyes closed and he's sleeping on the bed I could wake him up right now 
and he would not skip a beat and he'd be ready to hunt right now. Human beings can't do that. We got to get up and get our coffee and stretch out and take a shower. And like, it's very rare, like soldiers. That's why I'm like, when you're over in theater and I compare these dogs to that, like they're always have to be, they always got to be ready to go. Ready to roll. And these dogs are ready to roll. You could, you could wake him up out of a deep sleep and boom. Ready to retrieve a duck. It's another episode of the Fowley Podcast. Blake Famey. Martinez Gun Club, East Bay, California. Tommy Miller, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels is the title sponsor of our sister podcast, This Life Ain't For Everybody. Brand new episodes available now of This Life Ain't For Everybody and more to come. We have great guests coming up. We're in Canada. It's the 2023-24 migration, the kickoff to duck season, goose season. We're excited to be in Alberta. We're headed back to Saskatchewan to see my good friend, Barkley Fisher. And hopefully we can stay on these mallards, these sprig, these lesser cannas, big cannas, speckle belly snogies. It's been an awesome trip so far. Please give us a review. Critique us. Let us know what we're doing. Are we doing it good? Are we doing it bad? What can we improve on? What do you want to hear about? What do you want to learn about? What guests do you want us to have on? We're going to listen to you. We care about our fans. We truly appreciate all of the downloads, the subscriptions, all of your support for all of our brands. Check out brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life Television airing right now exclusively. Season 15 is on the Outdoor Channel right now. We have great episodes coming up in Oklahoma, Wyoming, California, Honey Break, Louisiana with my good buddy Donald Trump Jr. Lots of great content. Check us out at The Foul Life TV on Instagram. Check out our website at thefowllife.com. We truly appreciate all the support. I can't wait to see you all out in the field. I'm Chad Belding for Blake, for Tommy. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fat Life Podcast. The origins of waterfowl calling originated in Italy and was born from their love of garlic. The easiest way to talk to specs is to mimic them. So if you say garlic and they say garlic back, hit them with a garlic. That would be my first thing to tell you. And next thing you know, that whole flock comes down. Today's episode of The Fowl Life is made possible by Jack Links, Kershaw Knives, Hyvis Sites, and Realtree. Chad, Blake, and Tommy will give their closing statements after the break. Don't miss it. Safari Club International, first for hunters. That's not just a slogan. They're on Capitol Hill, lobbyists, lawyers, attorneys, fighting for hunters' rights across this world. I talk to the president and CEO, Laird Hamberlin, all the time, and it blows my mind to understand his traveling schedule as he represents Safari Club International in so many different facets. Meetings, organizations, banquets, you name it. Every single thing that this man is doing with his crew and team, Ben Cassidy, Chris LaCovicia, it is amazing to see the work being done behind the scenes by Safari Club International. And if you don't think that hunting rights need to be fought for, then you haven't watched the news, you haven't been well read, you haven't been paying attention. Get your head out of the sand and pay attention to what's going on in our country, let alone the world right now. In Safari Club International, is fighting for our rights every single day. So become a member, join them, attend a banquet, attend the National Convention. Late January 2024, Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, USA. The Safari Club International Convention will be back. It was bigger than better last year, and it's going to be bigger and better again this year. I'm telling you, we cannot take our hunting rights for granted. We need Safari Club International fighting for our rights behind the scenes every single day. So when you're watching that sunrise or your dog, Dog swim back with a mouthful of mallard feathers, watching those big honkers descend or that whitetail get underneath your tree stand. Squirrel hunters, I don't care what you hunt, I don't care what species, and I don't care where. I don't care what tactic. Safari Club International is fighting for our rights. Get involved. Become a life member if you can, a yearly member for sure. And again, we are proud members, life members of Safari Club International. We truly believe in their message and their fight, and we are going to fight right alongside with them. Thank you, SCI first for hunters when it comes to setting up the perfect spread there's one crucial element motion ducks have sharp eyes and static decoys won't fool them for long that's where motion decoys step in bringing your spread to life and creating an irresistible scene so why are motion decoys so important ducks are social creatures and they see cues that signal safety for landing by adding motion to your spread you're telling passing flocks that it's all clear and inviting them to join the party mojo's spinning wing decoys 
emulate the flash of duck wings from afar to draw them in and finish them like magic. Mojo's decoys are specifically designed to catch ducks' attention, and Mojo's motion decoys shine on those calmer low wind days when natural water movement is lacking. So if you're serious about bringing ducks to your blind, embrace the power of motion decoys with Mojo and head for MojoOutdoors.com today. It's called Benelli's the Fowl Eye for a reason. We love Benelli. They are the top shelf of waterfowl shotguns, all shotguns for that matter, in my opinion. But when you start talking about duck blinds, goose blinds, lay down blinds, panel blinds, pit blinds, the debris, the wear and tear, everything that we put our guns through throughout a duck season, whether it's a 60 day duck season in the south or you start up north and north of the border in Canada, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and follow the migration south. Some of us, myself included, hunt over 120 days a year. And every single time I squeeze that Benelli trigger, it goes bam. I'm so proud and honored to be part of the Benelli family. And when it comes to the Super Black Eagle 3, the 12 gauge, the 20 gauge, the 28 gauge, I absolutely love this line of shotguns, the inertia, every single thing from the rib down to the sight, to the choke tube, to the constrictions, the performance is what it's all about with Benelli. The Super Black Eagle series in 12 gauge, 20 gauge, and 28 gauge, whether you get Rob Roberts to build the performance shop or you keep them straight out of the box factory, they perform their simply perfect. It's Benelli. It's the confidence of shouldering that shotgun and the responsibility of pointing it at a live animal and squeezing that trigger. The dispatch, humane, ethics, everything that goes into it. Benelli believes in the culture of the duck hunter, the goose hunter, the turkey hunter, the upland hunter. So whether you're doing sporting clays, whether you're chasing waterfowl, chasing upland, chasing turkeys, Benelli builds a shotgun for you. Benelli's the foul life. They're 13 seasons as our title sponsor. Can you imagine this relationship. Thank you, Benelli. Thank you all for supporting Benelli. And I know it's all of our goal to walk into that sporting good, that Benelli dealer, that store and say, let me shoulder that super black eagle. And now you can do it in so many gauges, the sub gauges included. We're fired up. Good luck this season. Stay safe out there and shoot straight. Shoot Benelli. Today's broadcast journey into the waterfowl rich Canadian countryside has wrapped. But there's plenty more hunting action to come. The Foul Life Podcast can be found on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, any of your podcast platforms. I'm Chad Belling for Blake, for Tommy. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. And make sure to follow the Foul Life on Facebook, Instagram, X, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Thanks for listening and follow the migration.